0: Thank <laughs> you. I'm Megan Barker. Welcome to Jammin and Jammies, the podcast. We are sitting down with some of our favorite songwriters, music creators, industry leaders. We're gonna find out how they got where they are and get some valuable insights into the music world. You can watch the interviews online or stream the podcast. Just go to jamminandjammies.com for all your jammy needs. Today we are sitting down with such a special girl and a special songwriter, Miss Lydia Dahl. Lydia has become one of the most popular songwriters in Nashville, y'all. Um yeah. she has Over set, don't interrupt me. She has over (laughs) 70, 70 cut skies, 70 different artists have recorded her songs already, and she is still a completely independent songwriter. An icon. Let's jump in and talk to her about how the heck she did it. Lydia, welcome.
1: Hello. Oh my God. (laughs) I need you to follow me around. First of all, your voice was uh made for many things, and one of them is podcasting because it is you had just have a Podcast voice. Really? Just number one. Yes, one hundred percent. I full full you, confession. You really? Yeah. I went and listened and watched a few of the other episodes, the one that you <gasps> sent me, which was I think it was John shambi Is that his yeah? Name? John- yeah, oh my god, great episode. But I was like, wow, Megan's voice was like made for this. So Stop. no. Just for media. For media. I'm just gonna
0: um, talk like really slow into the mic now. <laughs> I think you should. That was really weird. You should- Anyway, like thank you. Thanks for doing your your studying and thanks for coming on and talking. We've actually been talking about doing this for a long time. Me and Lydia have known each other for many, many moons and um many, many moons and I think <laughs> you are the most successful independent songwriter that I know. And we have to just dive in, but let's let's start at the beginning. How did Lydia and We're going to talk about you in third person. Oh How God. did Lydia
1: <laughs> Yeah, it would be less stressful for me, honestly. Um first of all, thank you for having me on. I am so pumped to be here. When you texted me, I was like, this this made my entire my entire day and life because just hanging out with you amazing. Um yeah, how did I get here? You know, I knew you were gonna ask me this and I still don't have an answer. Um I I mean I've been doing music and dancing and all of this stuff since I was a kid. I was like in dance growing up and I started taking piano lessons when I was in third grade. And then in fifth grade, I started taking vocal lessons and then I started doing theater and I thought I was going to be this big theater person and like go to New York and be on Broadway. And then uh, Taylor Swift came out. These and you know, I used to be like low key. Taylor Swift would kick me out of the club if she knew this. Low key, embarrassed to like say like Taylor Swift is the reason I'm a songwriter. But Taylor Swift slash Liz Rose, yeah, they are the reason that I'm a songwriter. I I was at Walmart with one of my best friends, um, and I I had like ten dollars, and I I don't know how because I wasn't like an allowance kid, but I did. And we were, like, sitting in the CD section, and I was like, oh, I like Taylor Swift. I've kind of heard this person and their name. Let's just buy the record, because, like, why not? And go sit in your mom's car. And, like, we went and we listened, and, like, nothing has been the same since. And I flipped through the little booklet, and I, I realized that she, like, wrote her own songs. And it just, like, this light bulb went off in my head. And I started writing. Yeah, I started writing shortly after that. I was probably... I don't know seventh or eighth grade I don't think I really like got into it got into it until high school first? it was record. her first record wow. yeah we went we got to go see that we her open for rascal flats on oh that my tour gosh. and one of my best friends still to this day her mom i god love her she is one of those people that could like talk her way into anywhere <laughs> and she somehow we had 13 girls and we had spelt out taylor swift on our back
0: oh my gosh and
1: she got us in backstage to meet taylor swift and oh. i i cry like ugly tears it was Uh, yeah it was anyway so that was a little bit of a detour but started writing songs um I went to a really great um like I guess they they refer to it as a college prep high school it sounds fancy but I promise it is not um in middle of nowhere I grew up in southern Illinois um middle of nowhere and part of that school was like junior year they sit you down and they're like okay what do you want to do with your life let's look at some colleges that would maybe help you do that better and it was very like widely known at my school that I was like a singer that I was I was in every musical production I was in the jazz band I was in um, the choir anything that had anything to do with music I was a part of it and um the advisor kind of already knew that and i was like yeah i mean i'm gonna be like i I don't need to go to college i'm gonna be a songwriter i'm gonna be an artist like i'm gonna be famous and he was like well there's some schools you could actually go to that teach songwriting and one of them was belmont and one of them was berkeley and i was like cool belmont that's in nashville that's only four hours away at the time i had a boyfriend i am at home and i was like that yeah that's great let's do that and um so, yeah, I applied to Belmont. It's the only school I applied to. It's the only school I looked at. I got in, and that's how I ended up in Nashville. Um, I'm trying to think of where to go from here. My God. Well,
0: no, I mean, that's a great launching off point. Okay, so it was music from the get-go. Um, music from the get-go. P.S. I saw Taylor Swift on the Fearless Tour, and it's still burned in my mind. as like one of the greatest nights of my life. It was just amazing. I'm so um, jealous. Oh magical magical time. Oh, this podcast could again. so
1: quickly turn into just us talking about how much we love Taylor Swift. Plot twist, guys. This is actually what Taylor is- Swift. <laughs> this is the Taylor Swift episode. So, <laughs> strap in. Oh,
0: um okay. Wait, I don't know where to go from here either. Hold on a little. <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited. We're both overwhelmed. Um, okay, so you you went to Belmont all 4 I years. Graduated. All four years. Um well, things. Was, what was that process like? And then what did you do after that?
1: So yeah, um, I actually went three and a half years. I graduated a little early because this again yeah, the high school I went to really they really did set me up for success. <laughs> um, honestly, coming to Belmont, so I don't I think I said it, but I grew up in a really really small town, like not a stoplight small town. Still wow. doesn't have a spot stoplight small town. Um, so I grew up being you know, one of the better music people in my area. And I moved to a city that is known for music and a school that is known for music. And my confidence level got, I just was floored. I just Uh. was, got knocked on my ass um, coming in and seeing all these kids who'd been doing music their entire lives on just higher levels being, you know, like parents who, who had music backgrounds or they were in cities where they just had more resources than I did. Right. Um, and I met one girl who changed my whole entire life and you definitely know her. Her name is Hollyanna, Holly. <laughs> and I met her in a songwriting class. It was the only songwriting class that was offered to non-songwriting majors. We met in that songwriting class and um, became best friends. And then she just opened all the doors of Nashville for me. Really? She had been coming here for, yes. I oh, I mean, Holly's one of my best friends. I know that you say the same, but um, she, every opportunity she could give me to play a show, she gave me. And every time, like, so, okay, let's fast forward a little bit. We were great friends we graduated we both graduated early from Belmont she went to New York i stayed here we kind of had like our lost years like doing other things i was here you know like kind of co-writing but like once or twice a month um and she moved to New York and then in the same week i got fired from the job that i was working and holly moved back from New York Whoa. and i picked her from the airport same week it was it was incredible timing um holly moved back We I picked her up from the airport. We were sitting at the Panera that I actually live down the road from now. Um, And we're like, what are we doing? We moved here to pursue music and we haven't been doing that. Like, this is what we want. This is what all we've ever been talking about. This is why we're friends. And like literally from that day, we just decided, okay, we're doing it. We're just gonna go full steam ahead. Um, and Holly knew had a huge network of people here, way, way bigger than mine. And she's kind enough to share her network with me. Um, and she introduced me to this man at the pub at this publishing company. It was like super small. It was called Bandwagon Red. And it was a really special place because you didn't have to be signed there to go and use their rooms, which is really uncommon for Nashville Publishing. And they just wanted to build like a community of songwriters. And some of the people I still write with today, I met at Bandwagon Red through that whole process. Um, And yeah, so we started writing there pretty much every day, as often as they would let us be there. We're like, we're doing it. We're going full steam. Um, And they heard one of the songs I had written and they offered me a one song deal. And I think that was like the first time that like, I was like, oh shit. Okay, cool. Maybe I'm good at this. Like maybe (laughs) this is actually a possibility. And it was kind of that way for like my parents to even being like, oh, okay. Um, And things just kind of snowballed from there. I guess by the end of that summer, I like kind of i didn't go look for another job i just was kind of doing whatever i could playing shows or whatever to make money and um at the beginning of that summer i met teniel arts Mm -hmm. and by the end of that summer i had a cut on her first record full-length record called rebel child and our song was called there's this boy that we wrote with holly and that was my first same thank you um it's so like just like girly and fun but um yeah that was my first cut as a songwriter and everything just kind of went from went on from there wow
0: okay there's so much to unpack here um I mean you and Neil obviously have both uh done so many things in the last few years I don't even know where to start okay well let's start with like what do you think because I I would love to like talk about your story and get your insight for anyone who's like just getting to nashville basically or thinking about coming to nashville like what is the first thing you do when you get to nashville and you want to find people to write with what is the first thing you did
1: oh my gosh um i i feel like my my like actual nashville story doesn't start until after belmont so like belmont if you go to belmont if you if you have the funds if you if that's part of your story go to belmont network that was one thing i did not do there holly was the only networking yeah So and she didn- she really <laughs> helped me. Like don't get me wrong, that girl changed my life, but um, So if you don't network, find and, be- and befriend someone who does. Befriend, yes, the one At person least. who does. Yes, go go hang out with her. Right. Um but yeah, Belmont, I mean, they have so many tools there and so and even like people I meet now like out networking, the, one of the big connections is like, "Oh, you went to Belmont? I went to Belmont too." And there's just like that immediate um, thing. But Yeah. I would say like 2017 is is when I really started writing full time is that conversation we talked about with Holly yeah. and go to writers' rounds. Just go to every writer's round, literally that you can find, find people that you heard their song on stage and you were like, "Wow, I have to talk to them. Just go introduce yourself. It's scary and it's it's hard, but everybody loves a compliment. Like, I don't know anybody who hates being complimented. So walk up to that person. Hi, my name is whatever your name is. I really loved this song. Pick a line from that song or like the melody, whatever this specifically about it. I would love to get coffee with you. Start with coffee. I I start with coffee. Some people are a little more direct and they'll just go in for the co-write. I start with coffee because you know you only get so much in that first like five minute interaction go sit down with them for like a half an hour 45 minutes an hour and see if you vibe and then book the right with them yeah you know that would be my advice that's perfect advice
0: and that's a really good segue for bad co-writes like how many bad co-writes have you had and do you think there's merit to like maybe having a bad first co-write but then things get better from there
1: Oh, for sure. Okay. Um, listen, co-writing is like dating. If you are single and you're on dating apps, you know what it is to walk into a room with someone you have never met and have no maybe no real connection with right. and you are trying to create one. It's the same thing in a writer's room. You're walking into a room. Now, sometimes you know people and you're friends with them and that's great. Um. Sometimes you're going in blind. Either way, like you were you're sitting in a room of people you don't know. And now you're going to try and blend all of your creativity together like that's hard stuff. okay? Um, but yeah, bad co writes I've definitely had those (laughs) (laughs) some sometimes, you know, and they go either one of two ways like you were talking about. Sometimes you just you know, you're just you're not on that day. Someone in the room's not on that day. You can't find an idea that you really like. You can't find a direction sometimes it's just not there like the thing that we all have to remember about like being creative for a living is that it's still creativity it's not you're not going in and putting some numbers in a spreadsheet or something that is for sure this is stuff we're literally pulling out of thin air some days it's just it ain't gonna be there you know and that's okay that's no one's fault go get a drink go get a coffee hang out get to know them better book another session it's okay if, really not, like- if the second one sucks, don't book another session with them. But if that's how the first one goes, just just it's okay. I really, yeah,
0: I really like to think that there's no time wasted or at least I try to try to Absolutely tell myself not. that because even if it wasn't productive, you know, in that you got a song, um, just spending time with someone, you just don't know where that's going to yeah. lead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, because half of this, I mean, I would even say more than half of this. I would say a good 80% of a music career is your connections. It's networking. Absolutely. If you're not going to write a song, even if you are writing a song, that person in that room with you is a connection and you absolutely never know what they are going to do or where they are going to go. So like gotcha. just building that connection and maybe you didn't write really well with that person, but maybe they have, you know, a best friend that you see out and you you meet the best friend and that best friend becomes someone that is your new favorite co-writer. You just absolutely yeah. never know. So just hang out, make connections with people. Yeah. And then the other way is like, yeah, you get into a room that you're like, this is awful and it really doesn't work <laughs> and you know pretty quickly. It's again, it's like a first date. Like you know when you do not Vibe with someone like, yeah, when that happens, you know what? That's okay. Now you know, just you know, hang out, do the best you can, and then just (laughs) don't read book with them. Yeah. And I, I mean, I never want to
0: be preachy, but I do feel like it's really important to just maybe make a disclaimer too that if you are young and watching this or, or whatever, you know, the beginning stages of writing, and maybe it doesn't work out with somebody, maybe you just have a couple horrible co writes, you know, you guys don't want to write together anymore. Yeah. Don't make it awkward. I, don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird for everybody. It's, that's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. It's happened to everybody. But like, of course, give things a second chance. But I, I just for hate sure. when, when people get so, you know, so upset about it that it's yeah. just weird and awkward. Don't do that. So just be cool. Don't, don't do that. Just be cool. Just be cool. Be be cool. cool. And it's, I get
1: it. Listen, that's the name of your, of your memoir one day. Be cool. Okay, sorry. Be, just be cool. Okay, that's me as a person. It's I, just it totally to be cool. Well, always um like i get it we're all emotionally so emotional we wouldn't be here if we weren't emotionally invested in this career but again like you don't want to write with some it's uh, again i'm gonna go back to dating you don't want to date someone that doesn't want to date you you don't want to write with someone that doesn't want to write with you and there's no hard feelings for it you know sometimes you just you just don't drive take now telling someone you don't want to write with them again is that's uh that's a little harder a little little messier (laughs) a yeah. little messier again it's like kind of telling someone you don't want to date with them again. But um yeah, just be cool about it, move forward because again, you might not know like in the future maybe an opportunity comes up where you write with them again and it's amazing. Like years right. down the road there have been people where like the first time I wrote with them maybe we didn't click, wrote with them a couple of years later and it was fantastic. You just yeah. don't yeah, you just don't know.
0: Well, let's talk about writing material. So when you come to a co-write, what do you bring? Um, I think I've heard a lot of great songwriters say that like you were kind of whatever needs to be in the room that day. Do you agree with that And like maybe for sure're you're, you're the lyric person, maybe you're the melody. like what what do you think of that?
1: Absolutely. I definitely think I think like if I had to like if someone was like, what's your thing? Like, what do you think you do the best? I, I think I do lyrics the best. I mean, they're the thing I care about the most in a song. Um, They always have been. I'm a big words person. Um, But I'll be whatever you need me to be in that room. If that means that I'm the one who's going to be playing the guitar and, and making up the instrumentation. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. If that means I am the person literally just scribe. I'm just going to write down everything you guys yeah. are saying. For sure. I'll do that too. The thing about co-writing is like is figuring out where you fit in that room and doing the best you can in that position that day. And it's going to be different with everybody you write with. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think I do um pretty well. I don't know who you're talking to, but I think I do pretty well of being kind of like a chameleon and adapting to, you know, the different settings that I'm in.
0: I think that's so important. And you know what's funny?
1: I know a lot of people that you write with and have played rounds with
0: them and when they play a lydia song they might not have even said it and i can tell like shut up no you can't swear to god ask david ask david evans i've even called him out oh. he, he, when i know you guys write a lot together so i guess it's yeah. not that like far of a guess but yeah. seriously like i could like tell a line almost i would be like that's a great line that's a lydia line and then <laughs> i think you are way strong at melodies i mean Thank truly you. because i i picked out lydia melodies as well anyway so thank you another I'm,
1: person that has a very distinct melody and lyric is is david evans i always yeah. know him. that's a david evans melody and again it's because i i write with him so much like that's part of you know being in this town is like you know you get to know what people sound like
0: you find your tribe it's so yeah. interesting because i remember i mean and part of like full disclosure guys part of the reason that i started jammies was to like i'm sure it's no secret oh, like oh, rub elbows
1: what happened no now you're there you're back you pause oh a second. god
0: Come on, internet. I was just gonna say that that, you know, when you first get here, you wanna rub elbows with bigger writers and write mm-hmm. bigger. And then you start to find that's great. That's a great that's experience. Great. But you wanna just find your tribe and rise yeah. with them. And yeah. so, um I feel like you found a large tribe and a lot of your tribe you. is going viral. So I would love to talk about social media and virality and and this crazy TikTok thing that's been happening the last couple of years. Like wherever you
1: want to start on that, go because it's overwhelming. First of all, I mean, the thing about like TikTok and stuff is like, I'm a songwriter. I'm on TikTok because I genuinely enjoy social media. I yeah. always have. Um, that's another thing Holly really helped me understand, like, my God, that girl knows social media and she knows how to master it. And she helped me really understand and see like all the bright spots of social media. So I'm on it because I love it or, you know, and I, I don't have to be on it. Like a lot of my artist friends do who I know, like despise it most of the time <laughs> a lot um, of artists do it's true a lot of artists do and I, I listen I get it none of us got into music because we want to make content we That's got right. into music because we want to make music however if you want to make money making music people yeah. have to know who you are do you want to play the game or not do you want right. you got to play the game like it, it, it sucks but it's true and I think I think it's I know everybody's complaining about it but to be honest I think it's the same thing that Instagram was and the same thing that Facebook was before that the same thing that myspace was before that it didn't it doesn't matter having to be on social media as and maybe I can say this because I I don't have to do it like a lot of my artist friends do but like having to be on social media is not a new concept this is old like yes the demand for it and the the turnover for it is Way more than it has been in the past. But like putting your stuff on social media and having that presence is not is not a new idea. This is something we've been doing for years. And there are two sides of the coin. Like, obviously, it's really overwhelming and um it's frustrating and it it opens you up to a lot of criticism. Um, and I know that that's hard just watching a lot of people go through that. But the other side of it is it is like it opens you up to so many people who you would yeah. never, ever, ever, ever have had access to before so like i think you just kind of kind of figure out what you know lens to look at it with i mean i know for instance like me as a songwriter and even like making let's just looking at it like monetarily
0: yeah yeah i mean
1: for me it's a game changer if a song goes viral and then streams well like um hayley may campbell put out a song called never been in love i think in um 2019 maybe um, and that song went viral on TikTok. And then it did a bunch of cool things because of that. And I think it is still how I make most of my money as a songwriter when I get, you know, my check from BMI, like it's never been in love. And it's still streaming. It has, I think, over definitely over eight million streams on Spotify now. Because of TikTok, because, and I never would have had that happen for me as a completely independent songwriter had she not been posting about it. So, like, I'm thankful for this. I think, I think it's a great way to get music out there. Um, I've even seen songwriters post, like, non artist songwriters posting, like, hey, I wrote this song. Who do you think should cut it? Yeah. You know, and getting people's attention that way. Like, I think it's really great. I think you just got to, you know, frame it in a way that maybe doesn't kill your mental health
0: <laughs> that's the ticket right there yeah absolutely. Um, do you remember how that song came about
1: never been in love yeah yeah um it was my first co-write with Haley may um it was yeah it was me and Haley may and ian mcconnell so ian mcconnell and i and he's another one that's i mean done great on tiktok blowing up up, he kills it um but he and i met at bandwagon red bringing it full circle he and i met at bandwagon red at like a guitar pole like everybody hang out play a song and then network um kind of thing and we quickly became like best friends and also like best co-writers like we would mm-hmm. write I think every Friday uh, me and him and Holly had a date like we wrote every week and um, he so I became you know we became trusted co-writers I'd pull him on stuff and he would do the same for me and that's what happened I think Haley reached out to him via Instagram and was like hey I really love your stuff I'd love to write with you and he was like absolutely I know a girl let me bring her in and um, we wrote that song in Ian's bedroom wow. I think it was a hook that I had Haley wanted um you know a, a, something I like to do when I go into rights with artists and I think it's what's helped me get as many cuts as I've had is ask what are you looking for what do you need what uh, you know what do you need in your set like if you're if you're out playing shows all the time like what kind of song do you need to fill your set are you recording an album are you recording an EP what kind of songs do you not have that you are in need of and um hers was a uptempo love song so, <laughs> so we wrote and like we obviously we we pulled um you know inspiration from her real life you know with with her now fiance zach like someone that she liked and like someone that gave her the never been in love feelings like we pulled real stuff from it but it comes from like a okay well what do you need and then let's navigate from there so that's kind of how that one came about
0: Oh yeah. my gosh. That's a great story. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if she, if she like, I don't know, Never mind. I just think it's magical. And, and I think it's really cool too. Like you were talking about, like, it's just so important to network when you get here. And then yeah. you became really good friends with Ian and then look at how that, you know, leads one thing to another, one thing to another. It's fascinating. Absolutely. It's, like, it's,
1: it's sorry, like go just ahead. getting
0: up every day. It's like, cause you just don't know what what's going to
1: happen you never know yeah. what's going to happen and like that is the best part of our career and it is the worst part of our <laughs> career because <laughs> you don't know you could go into a write and write your favorite song ever and you could go into a write and and even if with people you love that you yeah. usually write really well with and write absolutely nothing like or you have a song that you're like this is the best song this person's putting it out it's gonna go so big and it doesn't stream like you want it to yeah. And then you have songs that you're like, huh, I'd be okay if that never saw the light of day. I mean, I don't have any of those. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, me um, either, no. yeah so I've never written a song. I, whatever. Anyway, you have songs that you're like, eh, and they are they go huge. Like, I've told my – I live with Morgan Johnston, who's, a, who's an artist in town that I work with a lot. She's one of my best friends, and we love her. But um, another Ian situation, I – Ian met Morgan at I think Jammin' and Jammies when it like when it was like back at whatever, the Rusty Nail or whatever it was at that time. It started at South and then Frisky Frogs, which is now Live South, Oak, which is now Live Oak. Yeah, oh God, we've been here for so long. We've been so- um, <laughs> we're so old. Guys. We're so old. Um, but yeah, I think he met her at a Jammin' and Jammies round, wow. and they were gonna write together. And he brought me in. We wrote a song called "Good Guy" that that was Morgan's no. first single. And Morgan and I bonded instantly over having exes that cheated on us, which is a whole other thing. But oh. um, we um, she w- told me that she was going to put this song out, and I was like, hmm, a slow. And Morgan knows all of this. We taught we openly share this story, but um, I was like, oh, like a slow, sad ballad as your first single ever. Mm, okay. <laughs> question mark because at the time it just wasn't something you did and then it ended up going over so well for her and setting her up so well in this town and I was like wow I don't know anything (laughs) I know nothing that's that's the other key to this you don't know anything don't assume that you know anything here
0: But nobody knows anything I mean honestly like I mean I've had I've had meetings at publishers and labels and at this point I don't think And obviously, I'm not an expert, but, like, I don't think anybody knows. I really don't. And they say what they're looking for. I don't think they know. I don't think they know either. And you know what's funny, too? Between us, between you, me, and everybody listening. and Everybody listening. And everybody listening. Just between us, guys. I have seen people go from, like, no social media presence, no streams, no TikTok followers, whatever, get signed. Overnight, they do. So sometimes I, I just wonder when they ask you, does it matter question mark i don't know i'm just posing the questions i'm not saying anything i'm just does
1: anything matter
0: i don't what where are we what is where are we we are literally on a floating rock (laughs) like does anything matter nothing i don't know nothing matters guys this just took a really weird turn and it's my fault i apologize let's talk about hearing your song on the Grand
1: Ole opry you want to get a girl to cry that's that's how you do it It, i like
0: cried for you
1: Thank you. Um, I think the amount of people that have said that to me, I'm like, well, first of all, I'm sorry because I'm (laughs) one of those people that I don't I don't like crying and I don't openly like crying. But I just you know, it's one of those. It was kind of a it was a weird like fluke thing that I even knew about it. I so the song that was played was a song called Woman of My Word. And it seems to be like this like continuous thing in my life where like, good guy did like really well that was the song with morgan johnston and that's about like you know standing up to men and knowing your worth and this song um woman of my word was an artist named morgan miles who just got i think she got second on the voice this year and it just you know these songs about like knowing your worth and standing up for yourself just seem to keep doing well um but Anyway, so I it was beginning of January. I was just like taking stock. Something I like to do at the beginning of every year is go through my list of people that I wrote with in the last year um, people and kind of evaluate who do I want to keep writing with? Who do I want to put a bigger focus on? Who do I maybe want to step back with a little bit? Who do I need to reconnect with? Um, And Morgan was one of those people. She was someone I wanted to reconnect with. And so I just I texted her and I was like, Hey girl, um, I saw everything you did on the voice. It's amazing. She's so talented. She's such a hard worker. Like she she deserves that recognition. And I was like, I would just let's get coffee. I would love to hear about it. Like, I'd love to hear about your experience. And she texted back and she was like, Oh my God, absolutely. By the way, I'm playing Woven of my word at the Opry on Friday. And I was like, What? And like for context, I we wrote this song in 2019. She put it out in 2021. So this was 2023 where this is coming to fruition. Like you just, you never know. I, that, that in my head, when I thought like this, the song that I'm going to hear on the Opry for the first time, it wasn't that song. It wasn't that song. It, it wasn't even her as an artist. And it's not to say that she's not an amazingly talented person who I didn't think was going to be on that stage. It just, I thought that song had lived its life. and it turns out it didn't but yeah she sent me that text message and the first thing I did was call my mom and dad yes yeah and I called (laughs) them and um I heard my dad in the background he was in my dad's a farmer and he was he was in from like working just for lunch they're sitting down eating lunch together I heard him in the background I was like put put me on speaker my mom was like what's up and I was like what are you guys doing on Friday And my dad was like I'm working why? Because that's my dad's response. He works every <laughs> day. So, like, it's, you know, whatever. And I was like, well, you guys want to come to Nashville? And they were like, why? What's going on? And I was like, "Why am I talking to me? And I just burst into tears because it was the first time I had said that out loud and that it was real. And for so long, I had thought about, like, when you go through this, I have been writing every day with with people. For six years, I think, yeah, because twenty seventeen, right? Is that we? I don't know. We established earlier off camera that we don't know math, but I've been writing every day for six years, and this town, I love it, but it is so disheartening and frustrating sometimes. Like it's just it 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 takes so much strength to stay here and keep going, and like you see a little cattail just walk past me. Anyway, it. So I had thought about what that moment would feel like so many times and it felt exactly like I thought It, it was just like this wave of relief that was like, you're not crazy. You should be here. This is what you should be doing keep going i'm gonna cry talking about it again like it was it was just like i just sobbed my parents i don't even think they knew what i was saying but they came down they dropped everything they came down my sister came down my brother's girlfriend came down all of my morgan my my roommate and all of my other best friends dropped everything to come to the show and be there for me and it i have a poster of it um framed now and it's like right there so that i can wake up and like remember that like the good things are happening good things are coming but it's you know it's it's amazing and it's surreal and you're sitting there and i'm like crying um listening to this song and it you know and then you wake up the next day and you do laundry like everybody else so <laughs> it, you write you know, another song you write another song you wake up the next day and you write another song and you you keep going and you're like all right cool well where
0: let's let's just talk for a second i mean and maybe you can't describe it but like where do you find that strength and that drive
1: on days where it's difficult? Um, I mean, I love it. I love it. I I will tell anybody, like, I hate this industry and I love music. Like, it is my heart and soul writing these songs. And, you know, for myself, there's so many things that it's just therapy for myself. But there's also experiences that I've had now. Um, Like, uh, I wrote a song with Spencer Crandall called Didn't Do and it's mm-hmm. on his last record and I got to see him play at um exit in uh, a few months ago and there's this girl there at the end of the show Spencer's mom came up to me and she's like hey I would like to introduce you to someone if that's okay and I was like sure she walks me over to this fan of Spencer's who goes to all of Spencer's shows. um she's the nicest person but she had made a shirt uh, like from scratch that had the lyrics to didn't do oh on it God. And it was like it's moments like that, and Spencer's told me so many other moments where like there was someone on tour that he he met that was like didn't do is the ringtone. It's my alarm every mo every morning, and it reminds me to keep going. It reminds me to live my and I'm like again, I'm gonna get emotional talking about it, but it's it's stuff like like that that also keeps me going. And I'm like. Nashville is such a bubble and it's so easy to get lost here and forget that you're not writing songs for Nashville. You are writing songs for the rest of the world. Like Nashville is just the industry and it's, I, you are writing songs for Nashville because these people are people too, but like you're writing songs for the rest of the world to hear. Okay. So Nashville is wonderful and I love it. It's not the end all be all, you know? Um, so that helps. And um, you know, there was a time when I, shortly before 2020, um, it was 2019. I was so burnt out. I had been writing, mm-hmm. you know, twice a day, pretty much every day, for the last um, two years. And I like was burnt out, and I was discouraged. And I came back from my like little Christmas break, and I like did not, I did not want to be here anymore. I was like, I just don't. I'm, I'm drained. I'm overworked, I'm burnt out. I have no inspiration. I don't feel hopeful. And I mean 2020 was the biggest blessing ever. I went home to my parents' house, um accidentally basically. I wasn't even planning on it. I stayed for 3 months and just kind of got back to like again going back to like the reason that I was doing this and it was to write songs that mean something to people and that are going to help people. And it's, it's not about how many streams they get. It's not about if they're number one on iTunes or number one on the radio. And that's easy for me to say, cause I've never had a number one on the radio, but like, <laughs> like, it's not, it's Coming. just so not about that. It's about, it's about like the reason I wanted to be a songwriter is because I, I heard Taylor Swift and it felt like I was having a conversation with my best friend. She knew what I was going through. Those songs got me through so much. That's why I do it. So on days when it's harder, I remind myself, this is not the publishing deal. While it's something I want is not why I'm doing it. Why I'm doing it is is for that little girl sitting in her bedroom who's going through her first breakup or, you know, the 30 something year old girl who's going through her seventh breakup <laughs> and needs that someone who like gets it, who just gets it. Cause there's like, there is no feeling like hearing a song that feels like, oh my God, how did you get inside my brain yeah. that you're just, you're not alone, you know? Anyway,
0: mm. you're not alone. It's supposed to be like the theme, the entire purpose of music and you're doing it so well. Thank you're you. doing it so well. And you're sharing all yeah. this wisdom with, you know, hopefully a few people, um, along the way. So it's amazing. What is next? So you just heard your song on the Opry. You've yeah. got like a single basically coming out like every week because like, I feel like she just hit 50 cuts and posted about it. So when she hopped on today, guys, I was like, so it's over 50 now. And she's like, it's 70. So like, I
1: think it was almost, a, it's almost been a year, I think, since I made my big post about, about 50, which was crazy because I didn't even want to celebrate it when it happened because again, talking about like bad times, not to bring that back around, but like, it didn't mean what I thought it was going to mean. Like, right. I was like, oh, different. the more cuts I got, I, that, I'll definitely get a publishing deal. I'll be undeniable. And that, that's not what happened. And that's okay. Like, it's not, you know, again, kind of had to recenter on why are you doing this? What is your goal? You know? Um, so what's next? I Who knows? I don't know. Because like, just like, again, that's like the thing about this industry, especially for me, because I have so little control over what is next. You know, like I don't sometimes I don't even know when songs are coming out or when they're being played on the Opry until two days before.
0: Yeah. So I like, wonder what would have happened if you hadn't have texted her that day.
1: It was such a universe. You know, that trend on TikTok coming back to virality. Um, yeah. That's like, I'm so lucky everything works out for me.
0: So lucky everything. Works I'm out so for lucky you. everything
1: works out for me. Um, Morgan and I were just kind of like flippantly saying it that I before not really thinking about it. And literally the next day. Like that's some, that was funny. That was like, that was like a month or two ago now that that was going around. And so,
0: and I really do think like that. I am, you know, of course I have my bad days, but I'm like a super positive manifesting kind of person. And I jokingly said it to my boyfriend. We were like joking about it the
1: next morning something magical happened.
0: And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, there's something to this. There's something so, to it.
1: And I see. think there's even something to it. And just like, it just helps you reframe even when something's not working out the way you want it to, right. it's still working out for you.
0: Absolutely. And I wanted yeah. to, you know, how much of your, your attitude that you have right now, which is like, yes, I want a publishing deal. I'm going to keep writing songs like, you know, when you were talking about being burnt out in 2019, I was too. I got here mm-hmm. in February of 2017. I think it's just about my sixth year anniversary. Hey, hey, like, I got out. yeah, I got here full time, and I was feeling really burnout. So, so 2020 was a really like a blessing in, in a mm-hmm. way um, of getting to step back. But I was telling someone the other day that like I think I smelled desperate. Like the end of 2019, I had some really big meetings, and they went really well. But I, I swear to God, I think I smelled. Like I really wanted a deal and why did I, you know, why did I need that so badly? So 2020 was such a blessing in a way to, to step back and be grateful because I am so grateful every day to write a song and go see friends at shows and and do all the things. But I was just thinking when you were talking, like, is it just being here for six years that reframes your mind or is it just getting older? Maybe it's a little of both.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little of both. I mean, I think I just, I think when you come here, There are things you think are gonna mean something, like again, like getting a publishing deal. And now I've seen friends get the publishing deal, and maybe it just didn't work out like they wanted to, and now they're independent again. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I've seen people with record deals who get the record deal, and it doesn't go like it once they want it to. It just it they just aren't they aren't what you think they're gonna mean is what kind of I realized with it now. What do I think it would be like? Um, validating for sure yeah because it's like all right someone someone else sees very similar to the opry it's like someone else sees that that i am talented just other than just me um but yeah i think and again i think it kind of also came in 2020 when i was like it's just not in my control it's yeah. just it's really not All I can do is go out and meet people, find people I connect with well, make, you know, genuine connections with these people and write the best songs that I can write. And that's it. Those are the only things that I can control as like just a bass songwriter. I'm not putting stuff out. I'm not signing things. I don't have money. I can't talk someone into liking me enough to be like, hey, we're going to put you on the payroll. Like I you just you got to you got to let it go. You just have to surrender it to the universe. And it is hard because trust me I do not feel that way every day but like right now I'm like yeah you just I can't control that so I guess I'm gonna stop worrying about it because all that's gonna do is make you unhappy
0: and cause premature round lines and we're not here for that we're not here
1: for that we are young I don't need more lines Mm -mm. than I already have (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> you're amazing I'm sure that there were like questions I wrote down that we didn't get to but we'll just do a part two or something I just feel like I can for talk sure. to you all day and Same. Um, thank you so much for all of your insight congratulations on 70 plus cuts. you thank should you. you should take moments and celebrate because it's impressive it's amazing and thank you. next time we get on here you'll have many more songs being played on the Opry
1: let's from your lips to God's ears girl let's hope thank you so much for having me like this is this is so fun and it's so cute and I think it's amazing that you are doing this even again listening to the John Jambi one, I learned so many things I'm that I so wouldn't have glad. known so thank you for having me thanks for being here you're the best we'll catch up again soon perfect <laughs>